What's going on? Just goes to show listeners. We're back. Your co-host Ridge with another pod epi. Yeah, well, a few weeks off. Uh, we gave ourselves a nice little vacation, but we did not miss any of the prem action in that time. A lot going on. Um, so it's good to be back, Jack, as always. And uh, you want to give the rundown today or are you going to hand it back over to me like last time? Uh, I'm going to do the rundown. Um, I uh, We're going to start with just covering a couple of, the, couple of the basics of things we may have missed over the last three weeks. Um, and then I, I actually have to step out for a few minutes here on the pod. And Ch- uh, Chis is going to be interviewing uh, a special guest today. Um, and then we're going to discuss a little bit of the announcements around COVID uh, with fan attendance um, and um, as well as with Aston Villa around fantasy. Jumping into trivia, per usual, Chiss is throwing it towards me, and then we'll get through our predictor app at the end. Uh, I got a couple texts this weekend for people asking for a link to, to the predictor app. Reminder, the code is M-D-E-Q-L-8, NBC Sports Predictor app. Um, and if you're asking and you listen to the pod, chances are you're already in it, so just try and log in. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of people that are already in there. So, um, yeah, I guess to get started, Jack... Anything like major on your mind over the last three weeks? You know, what have been the big, uh, big things that have stuck out to you? Yeah, I think at the top of the table, obviously, we've just seen Manchester City's lead grow bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, I think it's what twelve unbeaten in the Premier League now, um, and it's just it, it, it's City of old. Um, and you see Liverpool slip further and further. I think Liverpool have lost four out of their last. They've five. lost their last four. Yeah, four. Yeah, lost four out of their last five. Four uh, in a row. Lost their last four. Yeah, just five four out of six. Flat I out. Believe. Yeah. Wow, which is just insane from the defending champions, and you know, um, Klopp will tell them, tell everyone that the grass is too long, and some nonsense about that. Um, and then overall, the table is at this point starting to take shape of what you think it's going to look like at the end of the season. Um, you know, the, t- the top four still a little bit in question. You got West Ham still chilling in the top four. And then kind of that six, seven, eight, nine, ten realm is the Arsenals, the Leeds, the Tottenham's, Villas, Everton's, Liverpool's, Chelsea's. And you're starting to figure out, like, you know, people will drop a few games here and there. But if you had a good start, um, you know, to really make a dent in the table, you need an amazing finish at this point. So um, I don't expect the table to really change that much between now and the end of the season. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, that's It's one way to look at it, but I think... You know, we've got 13 matches left for every team at least. Some have more than that. Um, so that's still a third of the season left. And, you know, you think about where we were two months ago, and the the table looked completely different. Um, you know, City was up there. United was still playing well. But um, Spurs completely fell off the face of the earth. Chelsea fell off the face of the earth, and now they're going to be coming back. That, that's been maybe the biggest takeaway for me over the past three weeks is Chelsea. I've definitely had a resurgence under Thomas Tuchel. I'm not really surprised. I mean, they always have the talent. Um, and obviously, you know, the, the, the morale couldn't have been great the last month or two of Lampard there. I think there was a lot of just nonstop buzz about whether or not he'd be, um, you know, finishing out the season, whether or not he's going to get sacked. And um, Tuchel's given pretty much everybody an opportunity to play. He's mixed up the lineups a lot. Yeah. And it, it's worked out really well. They've been way, way better defensively. Um, I think they're still probably lacking a, a true number nine forward, but I, I think at this point they're probably getting closer and closer to getting into like a lock for a top four spot. I know that's maybe a little bit ambitious of me to say because they're not in the top four right now, but the way they're trending, I'd be pretty surprised if they weren't able to finish top four. And then you got Liverpool on the flip side where um, you know we thought that it was probably you know them, City, maybe another team that could sneak in in the title race, and and they've. I don't know if they're going to finish top four. They're they're five points off West Ham now, who are in fourth. Right. And 
Um, you know, they're, they're just not really getting healthy and not really getting organized defensively. We got Allison making just insane blunders left and right. Yeah, and it's terrible. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it, it's been very weird. Um, and there's still a couple of teams floating around like a, an Aston Villa, like an Everton that could make a push into to European football. And then you got Leicester City, who no one really talks about except for me because I love them. And uh, they are sitting in third level on points with United and in great form. So there's a lot of interesting teams. I don't know if we really had um, the last couple of years, like there's obviously city at the top and there's everybody else, but that every other, everybody else group is extremely interesting right now and, and really unpredictable. Um, and I don't know, I wouldn't have expected West Ham to be in fourth at this point under David Moyes, but here we are. Right. Yeah. And, and they're definitely probably the story of the season. David Moyes, you've got to think if the season ends today, wins manager of the season yeah um if not in terms of the the yeah the the, well i think it would have to go to moise to be honest but um and and if you kind of look at the bottom part of the table you've kind of got this uh you know west brom and sheffield united are all but down right so blades and west brom are going to going to be going down at the end of the season then you've kind of got this for the third spot you've got fulham newcastle brighton burnley all between 22 and 28 points and you think Burnley will probably be okay Brighton should probably be okay with you know they love talking about their XG their XG is really strong they have the best goal differential out of the group um but they lost three points to Palace uh giving up two shots all game lost 2-1 on Monday so exactly and then Newcastle's chilling 17th at 25 points and Fulham's on 22 points on on, in 18th so you you know if I'm kind of looking at the Premier League table today I think Fulham's playing really good football and I think Newcastle are probably going down um, I would I would venture to guess that the, the bottom three that get relegated this season are Newcastle, West Brom, or Sheffield United. I think the only way Newcastle stay up is if they jettison Steve Bruce now and um, change their change their tactical approach. But yeah. other than that, I think they're down. I mean, based on the eye test, I kind of agree with you. Fulham have been playing really good football. They're they're fun to yeah, watch. I really like Scott Parker. He would be another dark horse, maybe manager of the year, manager of the year candidate if he can re- like get them on a huge run here at the end of the season, pull them out. He probably won't win it, but He'd be des- deserving of the conversation, at least. Um, and then you've got, you didn't mention them, because of course you wouldn't, but Southampton, oof, they are getting, they're, they're yeah, floating. If they, if they keep losing, they are going to play themselves into the relegation battle. Will they get relegated? Probably not, but they're going to be flirting around that area, at least. They're only eight points yeah. off of 18, right? 18th right now, and they have been, over the past month and a half, probably the worst team in the Premier League. Yeah, they have been. I mean, they had the 9-0 loss to Manchester United. That'll really hammer the goal differential. And it's wild. It feels like they've just gone off, just completely gone off the rails in in every which way. It all started, you feel like it all started with that red card at the beginning from Jankovic uh, against um, Manchester United. And then since then just hadn't recovered. And it's been really cried on the pitch. As Lachman said, it started when he cried on the pitch. Ever since then, it's been terrible. That Jankovic red card was terrible, obviously. But that's, that's one match, you know, and... Um, if letting that carry over to the next match kind of falls back on the manager, the leadership of the club. And, um, you know, I like Hazen Huddle. I think he's a good coach. I know you are a big fan of him, um, but he's definitely had his ups and downs. He's, he's definitely goes on runs like this. Um, you know, the last team to lose 9-0 before this one was Southampton. And I think they're going to turn it around, but I think that we would be giving them a little bit of a pass by not at least bringing them up in this conversation. Yeah, um, of course. So... But yeah, I agree. I think Newcastle, Fulham, probably one of those two is going to be finishing in 18th. And I, I really hope Fulham pulls it out. I think they're a fun club to watch. I like Scott Parker. I've been to Craven Cottage. It's awesome. I, I like Fulham are a great club to have in the Premier League. 
Um, and I think Newcastle honestly deserved to be punished for hiring Steve Bruce, but that's a whole different story. So <laughs> other than that, though, I don't know. I mean, I don't think we have a ton to dive into just because it is so clear that City are just head and shoulders above the rest. I think as the season develops here in the last third of the season, uh, we're going to you know talk more and more about the race for the top four, the relegation battle, right. European football, all of that. But it's good to just kind of check in and, and see where things are at at this point. I think I think that's you know if you're if you're just a general Premier League fan you know outside of just being a fan of a specific team you're obviously watching your team here over the next couple of weeks looking at where they're standing, but if you're a Premier League fan as a whole you're kind of relinquishing okay the title's done, you know who's going to win the top four who's going to be in Europe next season, that's a really thick race a really really exciting race and then who's going to go down with Blades and West Brom and that race will I think be equally exciting in a very different way. Yeah, it will be. So we'll keep an eye on it. We'll, we'll continue to touch on that over the next couple of months here. But um, I wanted to dive into an interview that I got to do, which is a really cool opportunity. Unfortunately, Jack has a pretty busy schedule, so he wasn't able to be there when we recorded it earlier today. Um, but I am going to play that right now. And um, Jack, hopefully you can get him for the next time. I know this man's a, a big hero of yours. But um, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and, and get going. All right, we now uh, welcome on the special one himself, Jose Mourinho. Jose, how are you? Uh, you know, I'm fantastic. It's fantastic to be um, on, on this podcast and um, you know, good to be here, yes. Yeah, people might forget that you actually have made an appearance on Just Goes to Show before. I can't remember if I asked you this last time, but Jose, Jose, do you really have a preference at this point? Uh, for me, it, did, you know, it is not the, the name. Uh, I'm looking for uh, the special one. Um, I, I, you know, I am known as the special one, and, and I will be remembered as the special one. Okay, well, I'm going to call you Jose. So, Jose, um, I wanted to start with the uh, European action today, and how about that goal from Deli Ali? That was something, huh? Yeah, it's fantastic. He, you know, Deli, Deli is a fantastic player for us. Uh, you know, he, he's at training every day. Uh, he's always saying, Jose, Jose, I want to play in the games. And I say, Deli, Deli, can you get crossbar? And, uh, you know, we... We talk a lot about uh, his family and his playing time, and, and, and you know he's, he's a fantastic talent. But uh, you know we've got a fantastic squad, and so it's very difficult to uh, find time in the game for him. Yeah, actually, that brings me to another point I wanted to ask you about. Um, give me a little bit of insight on what's going on with Gareth Bale. Uh, you know, obviously spending a lot of money for him this season, he hasn't really made much of an impact. Can you tell me a little bit about what's going on in the, the back end there with Gareth? Well, I mean, the thing with Gareth Bale, uh, you know, you look at his uh, his Instagram account, and uh, you know, I have Instagram. Uh, you follow me at Jose, uh, Jose at Jose Special One, um, and Gareth posts, uh, you know, says, "Hey, uh, you know, I'm fit to play. I'd like to play," and you know, that just isn't true. And um, so, uh, with with Gareth, you know, we talked, um, and I said, "Hey, uh, you know, if you want to post on Instagram, you've got to let me see the post first. Um, and then our social media manager, and then me again, um, and you know, hopefully he doesn't post without uh, without me in anymore. Well, I appreciate the insight there, uh, Jose. Um, I wanted to get to some of the results on the pitch, and I apologize if this is coming off a little bit harsh, but these are the facts. You know, Spurs have now lost five of their last six Premier League games. Tell me a little bit about what's going on in the locker room there. Do you think we're going to be able to turn this around? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, listen, yeah. I, uh, 
I am a fantastic coach. Yes, and and I can cross part, and the team is fantastic, and so many good players. You know, uh, one thing I will say is, you know, our coaching stuff. Uh, Lily King uh, he does not speak Portuguese, and you know, uh, sometimes that is difficult. He's trying to communicate with Eric Dyer in Portuguese, and uh, you know, we don't know uh, what to say, right? English, Portuguese, Lily King, bad knees, it's difficult. So, in terms of the team. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm the special one. I'm a fantastic coach. And I think, uh, I think comes the end of the year, um, hopefully even Daniel Levy uh, gives a little bit more money. And, and next season, Harry Kane, captain. Um, and, and, you know, we win Champions League. But we, have, we are still a very young team. And uh, don't ask me about, uh, you know, my future. Well, okay. Fair enough. Um, Jose, I know you're, uh, you're short on time here, so I just want to say thanks again for coming on the podcast. Obviously, you're welcome back whenever. Any last thoughts while I have you here before I let you go? You know, I think if, if you look at my legacy, you look at Chelsea. Chelsea, fantastic club, fantastic manager. So many points, so many titles. I won titles. You look at my career at Manchester United, I was... No, no time, no titles. No time, no titles. You look at Spurs, I need time for titles. You know, titles come with time. You know, Pep, Pepe has six seasons with Manchester City. So, you know, give me the time and titles will come. Well, that makes sense. So, well, Jose, again, I appreciate it. Like I said, you're welcome back whenever. Um, and thanks for your support of the podcast. And best of luck the rest of the season. I'm hoping that Spurs can make a pushback towards the top of the league here. And you keep your jobs. We get some more opportunities here. But um, thanks again and best of luck. It's fantastic. Just goes to show. Everybody's human. Oh, wow. He's, he's really a listener. Thanks, Jose. All right. Well, that was uh, Jose Mourinho, the special one manager of Tottenham Hotspur. He's on the hot seat. I'm not going to lie. I know he's uh, he's been nice to the pod, but we're going to have to be harsh on him. Um, Jack, I mean, any thoughts on, on Spurs right now? I know you're a big Mourinho guy. Do you think that he's going to keep his job? Do you think that he deserves to? Any any insight? I mean, a couple. I mean, Chris, the guy. First of all, he's incredibly well spoken for Portuguese being his first language and English being his second. I mean, the guy. He just comes off articulate, clean, intelligent, and um, you know, I th- I I do agree with his take about needing time to win the league, right? Like, uh, I think Spurs Spurs are in this interesting predicament where. You know, they, they want the world and more. And, you know, I, with the way Mourinho plays, I think they're going to get some really big results and they're going to play well most of the time. But the problem that you're seeing is, like, the way City plays is, is set up to, like, decimate the bottom half of the Premier League table. Right? Like, Manchester City, any team in the bottom half of the Premier League table is just going to get destroyed by Manchester City. Right? Like, they... They're going to beat the Palaces, the Southamptons, the West Broms, the Burnleys, 3-4-5-0, right? Because they play so high up and press so high up and win the ball back such qu- so quickly with such intensity and move the ball side to side. Whereas the Spurs teams just don't keep the ball that well. Um, and they don't, uh, they're don't. they comfortable being out of possession and sort of dropping a little bit deeper. And so, you know, occasionally the Burnleys of the world, um, they had beat Burnley earlier this season, but like the West Broms of the world, the Fulhams of the world are going to give Spurs tough games. So they just don't have the personnel across the pitch to be as dominant as a Manchester City is. Um, do I well, think they can get there under, under Mourinho? Maybe, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, well, definitely they don't have the personnel to be as good as City, but they're in ninth, you know. It's like they're, they're 30 or 26 points off. 23 points off City or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, they're not even close. So I don't think it's even fair to compare those. 
they do have good personnel. I mean, I think they're one of the better sides in the Premier League in terms of talent. And I think that Mourinho tactically um, is not really willing to adapt his style, and it bites him in the ass sometimes. And I think he's, you know, his stubbornness and his arrogance, um, I do think actually plays an impact in these types of runs. Like, I'm not saying that this is like typical for, you know, just see his teams lose five out of six, but they don't really seem like they're going to dig out of this. And I don't really feel like they're making any changes. And, um, you know, it's tough when you have injuries to Kane, but he only missed like two weeks. I I don't know. I, I just don't think that he's very adaptable. And... I think that he always thinks he's right, and to at some point, when you don't have the momentum or the success, you have to make changes. And I don't know if he's willing to really do that. Um, yeah, cause, cause, because I think like making a change to his style is admitting that his previous style wasn't right, and I don't think he's very good at admitting when he's wrong or makes a mistake. Maybe. And, I yeah. mean, like, look, they played great for yeah. the first three months of the season. Uh, they were awesome. Right. And so it, it can work, like, but you have to be able to make changes. People, teams adapt, teams adjust. And your your Spurs, like, why are they, they're sitting back so far against all these teams, these bad teams. Um, they're like, not, I think, I saw a stack of police, so, so I don't even remember exactly what it was. I should have looked it up. But, like, they're, in terms of touches in the box, um, they had, like, the lowest number of touches in the box two weeks in a row. And you got. With the players that they have, I mean, come on, this is—they're it, it, ugly but to it, watch. Okay, so my like counter argument to that would be they went the opposite direction and they played this very quick up tempo passing style with Pochettino, right? High up the pitch, quick movement, keep the ball on the deck, move it left to right, uh, stretch the the opposition, create space in behind, um, and you know with Pochettino, they're they're not going to win the league. Right? They almost I, did once. Yeah, they almost they, they almost did, but and so they 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 go into this assumption that okay, with the playing style that we have with Pochettino, we're not going to win the league. We have to change, bring in a new face, and we're not happy with that. And you've got to be comfortable with the consequences. I think if you're Daniel Levy of going uh, under a complete transformation of hey, the personnel that we had previously, we had these kind of slender, quick first touch kind of like the Gio, Gio Giovanni Lo Celso type midfielders that now going under Mourinho like. He doesn't really fit into a Mourinho system, but right. But they've got um, guys. They've got Musa Sissoko. They've got um, uh, Hoiberg. Like they've got some guys that are a little bit more industrious, bigger, like stronger. Not necessarily like your technical slender guys. I mean, like I think that their personnel is not that bad. For that Eric Dyer, put him in the midfield if you want that. Like yeah, they've got players think, that can I, play there. I just think you know. I think Mourinho's Chelsea team. What did he do? He played. Uh, a brand of football that maybe wasn't the most that that wasn't the most beautiful and attractive, but they won the game because they played smart, intelligent football, and they had the talent to to score a lot of goals and 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 beat teams because they were just really fucking good. They had some of the best players in the world, right? Um, and so it's one of those things where it's like Spurs have to decide: like, are they going to go and become the team that have the best players in the world? and go and win the league, like, you're not going to win the league with the roster that they have, right? Like, look at Liverpool, right? Look, Liverpool's roster is pound, like, pound for pound way better than they are this year, and look how far they've fallen, right? And so I think it's tough. I think, you know, I, I don't know. I have a lot of empathy in, um, for, for Mourinho this season, um, in, in, in a season like it is. And 
Uh, same with Klopp, right? Like anyone who's calling for Klopp to lose his job, of course Mourinho's not. No one's out calling title, for like, that, though. Uh, yeah, uh, but but it's it's the same logic, I think, where it's like I think any manager needs a little bit of time, and who are Spurs going to go get that's better than Mourinho? I mean, I thought I was on the side that they never should have gotten rid of Poch in the first place, but I don't know. I think when you bring in Mourinho, you're right. You have to accept the consequences, but. Just like that's like a, I mean they're they're just still riding this golden generation of Eric Dyer, Deli Alley, and Harry Kane. They're right? not the though. Deli Alley's not playing, and Harry Kane's one of the best forwards in the world. In, He's having in, his best season so, ever. Yeah, in some in in some ways, yes. In some ways, uh, yes. He's I don't I think he's of course he's a really good player, but. Um, you know he's he's nowhere nowhere near the physical specimen or the you know. Uh, as pacey as like a Didier Drogba was at the top of that Chelsea side. So you're saying that they so, need Didier Drogba to not finish ninth? No, of course. I think I don't think Harry Kane's their biggest problem. I, I think. I mean, I, listen, I are in fourth I, with a battered Mikel Antonio playing up top. Yeah, I West Ham play a very you know well kind of a similar brand of football to be honest, but yeah. Um, I just don't think that I don't think that uh, Spurs have found across the pitch. Uh, everything from the center back position to outside the outside backs to the wingers outside of Sun and, and even central attacking midfield. I don't think they found um, the consistency that they need to, to be really strong well, or the, the quality that they need. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Thanks again to Jose for the interview. But um, yeah, Jose, thanks for coming on. All right. So big announcement from Boris Johnson this week, um, the clown that he is. And he said that, basically he said that, I don't know why politicians are even doing this and giving themselves firm deadlines when no one knows what's happening. Like, we've been doing this for 12 months and every deadline's been missed. But basically said that with his post-lockdown plans, the last match day of the season, May 23rd, um, could allow up to 10,000 fans into the grounds, and which is awesome news. Obviously, we want fans in the stadiums, but um, it does create a little bit of a competitive advantage for those teams playing at home. So, for instance... Fulham are due to play Newcastle at Craven Cottage. We just talked about how those two are probably going to be fighting it out for the, the last relegation spot there. Um, Brighton traveling to Arsenal. They could be in the relegation mix. Spurs visit Villa. Um, you know, it could be a big thing for European qualification. So it is interesting, you know, to give these clubs the advantage in the last day of the season when there could be a lot to play for um, when we haven't had it all year. But any initial thoughts? Like, what do, you, what do you think overall, Jack? I mean, is that something that we should even be thinking about, or should we just let fans go nuts? Uh, no, I think I think the I think the notion of hey, we're going to restrict fans be coming back in the stadium. We've already had this debate once when fans opened up, you know, to come back in some of the grounds early in the season. Some some stadiums have, some didn't. Yeah, I think if you're if you're a footballer, you want to play in front of people, whether it's home or away, right? Um, and I think it's kind of obscene to think that oh, certain teams get an advantage, and so we shouldn't let fans back in the game. Like that okay, is but so. I mean, if, so if you're Newcastle, and you're going to Craven Cottage on the last day of the season, and that match is going to decide whether or not you stay up, I think it's something to consider. I I, I just think it's absolutely outrageous, and it's putting so many people. It's it's putting. I, I don't know. It, it's putting a very. It, it's it's basically the, there's a scapegoat narrative for Steve Bruce, and basically by not 
but if you were to restrict fans from going to that game, you, the only reason is so you're avoiding that scapegoat narrative from Steve Bruce. Yeah, Steve Bruce right? is a clown. I mean, I think the the thing that would make the most sense is if we're going to let 10,000 in, let 5,000 away fans come. Travel down. I, I, I mean, I, yeah, I don't really care about the allotment. I mean, hopefully they, they're able to sort it out where proportional they can do it to the ground. Where, like, you know, say the ground usually has 40,000, so they usually do you know, uh, 4,000 away fans, so it's 10% of the stadium. So if they have 10% yeah, but of our away fans, they do 1,000 away fans, 9,000 home fans. If you split like, it, though, 50-50, then it just totally eliminates that narrative of, oh, we went down and all these fans were there, and that's bullshit. Yeah, I just don't care. I just don't. I just have no no sympathy for that. Like in this season, like you've like players are getting tested. You know, during the week, players are getting tested at training. Uh, teams have had games rescheduled left, right, and center. Um, and of course, Steve Bruce will say like, "Oh, it's an away game," but I, I just I, I have no sympathy. Like that's not ultimately. It's it's kind of like a bad refereeing decision, right? Um, it's not ultimately why you know you're in the position that you're in, right? Not because a referee blew a penalty or didn't. It's because a sequence of terrible mismanagement over the course of the season. So. Um, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd be really disappointed if they altered fans inside the stadium for the purpose of well, home field or away ground advantage. I mean, if, right now it's, it's an advantage to be playing away. More away teams win than home teams. I mean, basically what happened – well, yeah, because there's no fans. But if there's 10,000 fans, then you'd think that that flips on its head a little bit. But the other thing is um, – so basically they need – they're, they're going to let the, the Premier League clubs vote on it. Um, and they need 14 of the 20 clubs to approve it in order to allow the fans there. So, I mean, I think everyone except for maybe Newcastle is looking at the fixture list and thinking, oh, shit. So, I mean, maybe Newcastle Spurs, maybe Brighton. Like, these are some clubs that could have some something. I just think, on. like, who are, I, I don't know. I just think it's, if you deprive fans of that, like, they're, I don't know. There's been nothing to do for so long. It's just fucking... So it's just selfish to vote against that. Um, and then the, the end of social distancing should be on, what, June 21st. So meaning next season should just have fans fully in ground. Yeah, I mean, Trump said right. we were going to be good by Easter last year. So I'm not going right. to hold Boris to it. Um, Unreal but, quote by Trump. I it was, it, was, it would have been a beautiful day for the pandemic to end. So it made sense at the time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, like, these are all bullshit days. Like, <laughs> you know, the, the virus isn't going to be like, oh, wow, June 21st. I guess I better stop now. But I do right. think that things are trending towards that direction. So I'm, I'm optimistic about it overall. But that's why I think these, these deadlines are silly. It's like, what are you doing, Boris? All you're doing is setting yourself up to fail if you don't hit this. Um, but whatever. I mean, I'm not the yeah, prime minister yeah. of England, so not my job. Yeah. Well, that, that does bring us to a, a kind of a maybe not a greater political debate, but a, another interesting debate that happened in, in the Premier League um, this past week is Aston Villa officially... Um, Began or uh, banned, implemented, uh, began, imp- implemented. Yes, started, created a ban around um, its its players playing fantasy Premier League, so the FPL app. So Chris and I are both big players. There's a huge Premier League that we're fantasy Premier League that we're in. It's the Ridgeway Fantasy Premier League. There's actually two divisions. We got 20 people in the first division, 20 people in the second. You got to pay to pay to enter our league. It's I mean it's a shit ton of fun, and we spend a ton of time talking about it. Um, and Aston Villa have just banned their players from playing it because uh, Jack Grealish was injured on Friday, and supposedly there's uh, a few accounts that watch the teams of Premier League players um, and create bots to monitor their accounts. 
yeah, to so, see if those players are transferring players in and out. So, for example, Jack Grealish gets injured on Friday. Um, this bot account run by this Norwegian guy tracks Matt Target, the physiotherapist's account at Aston Villa, and noticed that the physio's account at Aston Villa and Matt Target and, and Connor Hurrahan and Neil and Taylor, right, they all transfer out Jack Grealish of their team, right? And the bot's like, wow, that's weird. These guys all play with Jack Grealish and transfer out Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish must be injured. So there's all these rumors that start swirling. And then it turns out a few days later, um, we find out that Jack Grealish is in fact injured before Villa had officially announced it. So um, FPL in, in that instance, the knowledge around Fantasy Premier League actually impacted the other team's strategy around the game because they didn't have to play around Villa's best player. So Villa have now implemented a, a ban. Yeah, I mean, it's absolute insanity, but... Um, yeah, I mean, you summed it up pretty well, I think. Um, Dean Smith, very pissed off. Uh, he said, if I come, if it's coming out of our trading ground, I'm going to find out where it's coming from and reprimand who it's coming from. But, um, I mean, coming from, from this, it, it is literally the it's, stupid, it's, I think stupidest it, thing you can do on earth to give yourself a competitive I, I think, disadvantage. I, I think it's interesting, right? Because Matt Target, so Matt Target, kind of her and Esri Kansa, the you know the physiotherapists who are I didn't see Kansa in what I read, but I not yeah yeah it might not have, it might have not have been Esri Kansa. I'm kind of it was a few villa names, like seven villa villa names, players and three staff pl- three players, two staffers. Is what I saw there might have been more, but yeah, right. So they all transfer out Grealish on Friday. So if you think about it, like Matt Target, he looks over in his locker, sees Jack Grealish is injured. He's thinking, okay, cool, I'll just transfer him out so I can win my fantasy game. I play with all my family and friends, like. You know, I, I get it's like insider trading, right? Like I know this, um, I'm gonna do that. And he's not thinking in his head, oh shit, I'm gonna tell the entire world that Jack Grealish is hurt, right? He's just thinking I'm playing this app with my friends and like my buddy's hurt, right? And I know he's hurt sitting next to me, right? He's not actually thinking everyone's gonna find out about this, right? Because it's kind of absurd, like who's watching his team? Turns out there are bots and people watching Premier League players and staff's teams and as crazy as that sounds, when they have irregular activity, that spike, you know, that signals red flags, and then people start to create, uh, you know, starts to whirl rumors around. So it brings all to, kind of all full circle this like, interesting discussion, where players aren't allowed, um, or should they not be allowed, to play fantasy Premier League in England, because it's my understanding, Chris, in the U.S. American football players aren't able to play fantasy football, correct? Your understanding is incorrect. They definitely can. It's incorrect. Yeah, there are definitely, I don't think that many of them do, but I, there are definitely NFL players that have fantasy teams. Um, I think it's the dumbest thing on earth. Like, the whole point of fantasy football or Premier League or baseball or whatever is like, hey, I'm a sitting at home on my couch drinking beer i wish i could be playing in jack grealish's shoes but this is the next best thing it's like why i and i I don't want to take things away from these players like should we have like their freedoms inhibited on like probably not but like whatever like this is so dumb it's the smallest little thing like why why does matt target need to have a fantasy premier league team he's playing in the games it's you're right it's like insider trading like i I was telling you before the probably recorded I started recording, excuse me, that um, I've been gambling a lot because gambling is now illegal in Michigan. Sports gambling is. And, like, if I find out on Friday that Jack Grealish isn't playing on Sunday, and if I find that out before the odds makers do, like, 
I have a competitive advantage there to bet against Villa that has their best players missing, and they haven't moved the lines yet, right? And it's the same thing with fantasy. It's just so dumb that we would give, you know, not we, sorry, Villa would give Leicester two extra days to prepare for not having their best player because Matt Target's like, ooh, I might lose to my, my aunt in fantasy this week or some shit, and I better drop him. Like, what are we doing here? It's I, it blows my mind that these guys are even in these leagues. I just can't so, fathom that like I I would want to be spending my time setting lineups for like the league that I'm in. Like go out and play and win points and have millions of people supporting you and watching you and all this stuff. Like why do you need to be on this? I, yeah, I think that Dean Smith it, is hit around the head. Like absolutely ban it. Like we just saw a negative repercussion. Get, don't let him play. I would yeah, the, I think I, if I was a manager of any other club, I'd be doing the exact same thing today. Yeah, I think it, but then, yeah, I, I mean, listen, I think if anyone does it in unison, it's fine, right? So as long as there's a unified le- rule across the Premier League, it's fine. I think the interesting part is like, is is Chris, um, like, uh, there, there's a few th- few different layers to unravel here. The first thing is, is players like playing it, of course, because they can pick themselves, right? It's like seeing yourself in, in FIFA, right? You're playing a video game, and you can play as yourself. Like, you're playing fantasy sports against your family, you can play yourself. That's pretty fucking cool, right? And, like, that's, like, one of those things. You become a professional footballer, or you become, and you want to play with yourself in FIFA. Like, that's sick. I would want to do that. I would want to play fantasy Premier League and, like, play, put myself on my team and captain myself, right? Like, that'd be awesome. How cool would that be? Now, the, there, there's a lot of interesting layers to this. And just to make a comparison to American sports, uh, I was just doing some Googling because I was all, I've was all i heard different things about American sports. And it turns out I, I, I am right. There are different rules per major league sport. I guess I haven't looked so, into it recently because it's I have, enough, but because I do know I, that in, in recent years I have heard of guys having fan, NFL players having fantasy football teams. They, yes, they come now, out in interviews now, and things like that. Now there's two different types of fantasy, right? There's like season-long fantasy, and then in, in sports in, in America, there's the daily fantasy games, which are very, very popular, right? So I just did some quick googling, and um, for uh, NFL players are allowed to play fantasy football. You're right, which I, to be honest, I thought was always illegal. I thought for some reason, clearly based on my statement, I didn't think was was legit, um, but they are. But they're not allowed to play daily right. fantasy games for more than two hundred and fifty dollars. Okay. Now MLB players. Um, similar, similarly, are allowed to play um, fantasy baseball, but aren't allowed to play daily fantasy games worth more than or at, at all, at all. Sorry, they're not they allowed to play da- daily fantasy at all. So, like in the NFL, what a lot of people think is like one of the most successful sports you know leagues in the world, um, players are playing fantasy football, which is crazy. Like that's a huge industry in the states. And a lot of money is transacted around fantasy football. I've lost a bunch of money playing fantasy football. Um, and daily fantasy as well. But they can play up to certain dollar amounts. So that's where it becomes really interesting when you think about um, uh, in England. Like you're trying to trying to quantify this, right? And you're trying to like uh, summarize this. Any, any sort of legal argument or any sort of discussion around banning this or restricting this will ultimately have to be drawn back to a number, right? Like how much money I is... I completely in- disagree with that. What do you mean? I think that there's absolute like why are you drawing drawing a line in the sand with a specific number like oh, two hundred fifty dollars is okay but two hundred fifty one. No, I'm not, not. No, 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 no. I'm not drawing a line in a number at all. What I'm saying is is it in, be in English in, in English sports it, it right in English sports. What I'm saying is this all becomes it's just very difficult and interesting to quantify. Right? I I'm not even drawing a line like they are in the states. I'm just saying like 
if you think about the monetary implications, you know, say a team in England, this happens and then they lose a game, then at the end of the season, all the team gets paid one million pounds less of a bonus based on the league position, right? You could like draw that one million pounds directly to the fantasy Premier League leaking of Jack Grealish. So I'm just saying like, it's difficult to quantify the impact of this, um, of players trading. And like that's, I think whenever you're looking at any sort of like legal barrier, legal implication, or like making laws around this, because obviously that's all legal. You do want to think about I don't I don't know I don't even think you need to have the, a law. It's like I mean the Premier League doesn't have laws; they have rules and regulations, right? And like Dean Smith as a manager can absolutely say like, "Hey guys, you aren't allowed to do this," and I think that that the FA or the Premier League or whatever can say like, "Yeah, we're not letting player active players in the Premier League make fantasy Premier League teams." Um, I don't know. It's not like a law. It's just like I have rules at work too, you know. Like everyone has it, rules and a code of conduct at their yeah, work. Yeah, it just seems. It, I guess I can also. I can also. Like, I work in the mortgage industry. I I can't, and you know, like we're publicly traded. Like I can't like leak stuff from my job to you know. There, there's implications of that in everybody's job, and there's so much money put in this league, um, whether yeah, it's through daily fantasy sports or through the fantasy Premier League or just straight up gambling, Patty Power and all that nonsense and whatever. Like there's so much money that goes into it, and I mean you can even throw all the money out of it and dean smith i think has every right to be like hey guys you gave us a competitive disadvantage this weekend by playing this silly game and now yeah. and we and we lost three points would they would, would they have won three points if lester didn't know till an hour impossible before kickoff probably impossible, not i mean you never know but it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter like you know the, the damage is done and i think that it's if I was a if I was a manager, like I said, if I was a manager and I see this happens to Villa this week, I'd be like, "Hey, raise your hand in the locker room if you are on Fantasy Premier League, and let me get your phones. You're you're not doing that this shit this shit this week. It's not worth it. Where you're getting yeah. paid millions of pounds to play. Yeah, that's fair. You do not yeah, need yeah, to have this. Fair. You don't you don't need to have that. It just. Yeah, I think I think what I'm you know the the only thing I would think of is like you know I, I don't know. Uh, inversely, I think I do have, you know, thinking about like the line of players thinking, it's like players already have these crazy diets and so far away, uh, so far, so much time away from their families. And well, FIFA is um, one thing though, too. You, know, you, you compare it to like a video game, and that's cool and that, that's great and all, but like this is messing with like actual, this is your actual job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I get it. I just think like it, it's, it's going to be interesting then if there's like five, you know, 10 clubs in the Premier League who don't let their players play it. And then ten clubs who do let their players play it. I mean, you've got to think that like eventually enough instances like this will happen where, like, uh, every team will ban it, right? I like just Patrick don't Bamford think. Took. I don't think that any any like athlete could could care that much about this that they'd be like actually pissed off that they're not allowed to play it anymore, right? Like this, you know what I mean? I mean, Patrick ba- Patrick Bamford talks every week about how he captains himself. I know. And right? cool. But like I also saw an article about like how he got pissed that he didn't captain himself a couple weeks ago and it's just like I mean, are guys like actively like playing you know, starting people that are they're playing against and things like that? Probably not. But it's just the fact that they can I think there's enough of a problem and you know, you can you can look into like what's happened in American sports, and there's the Pete Roses of the world, and you know people that gambled on their own games, and it just gets really dicey really really quickly when you bring. Yeah, anything it does. Like that's this into the thing. It. That's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. And like I said, I think I think the difficult thing. I think the reason why there isn't a rule around it today is because there's no paywall. 
right? So you don't have to pay to pay play fantasy Premier League. If you had to pay to play and guaranteed that, because that would mean that the insider trade, quote unquote, from Maddie Target to Transfer Acquisition had direct monetary implications for thousands of people and then all of a sudden like yeah you know, and that's why it makes sense yeah. that these americans can play in like the regular fantasy leagues but not the daily stuff because that's actual money right. and i get that but i just think in general it's like what are you guys even doing at this point yeah yeah it's fair all right yeah i fuck i originally like i i was on board uh chris and i were talking about this before the pod like how we we're going to talk about this topic and i was on board with like hey they shouldn't have it and i was like you know what like i but i do see a world where like it'd be nice and they, you know, they should have it and i think um no, Chris has just kind of cemented the argument. So if you're listening to the potting, you think that pro players should be able to play daily fantasy or uh, be able to play fantasy Premier League, um, fucking tell us why. Because I, I'm, I'm on board with TGS, which is like, yo, smash all the phones, get rid. I can't imagine someone changes my mind. I'd love to see someone try, but I'm, yeah. I'm one stubborn person. Yeah, I mean, here. I don't necessarily know if that's unique to this topic. But anyway, yeah. moving on. Right, yeah, exactly. So, um, all right. I guess it's trivia time, yeah? Trivia time, baby. So um, I'm going to give you a, a pretty straightforward one here, and I'm going to give you 60 seconds. I don't know if we've gone 60 seconds on the timer recently. We've been giving ourselves longer. Oh. This one's pretty straightforward, and uh, it's very timely because it's related to the Champions League, which is going on right now midweek. Um, so I'm going to give you 60 seconds, and I filtered this to only Premier League players. There are currently seven Premier League players that have scored three or more goals in the Champions League so far this season in this competition. Um, so seven guys, three or more goals. You, you can get as many wrong as you want. I want to see if you can try to get close to all seven in 60 seconds. You ready? Seven guys with three or more Champions, Champions League, League goals, goals. From, from the Premier League. All Premier League players. Three, two, one. Uh, Mo Salah. Yes. Sadio Mane. No. Raheem Sterling, Gabriel mm-hmm. Jesus. Nope, nope. Uh, Riyad Mahrez. Nope. Um, wow. 45 um, seconds. Bobby Firmino. Nope. Uh, Olivier Giroud. Yes. Uh, Tammy Abraham. No. Um, 30 seconds, you got Mar- two. Marcus, Rash- Marcus Rashford. Yes, that's number three. Bruno Fernandez. Yep, number four. Um, Three left. Anthony, Anthony Martial? No. Uh, Timo Werner? Yes. Two left. These are probably the two um, toughest. Yeah, fuck. 15 seconds. Uh, hold on. Two teams you've guessed from already. Yeah. Five. Guess. Four. Three. Um, two. Kevin De Bruyne? One. No. Time's up. All right. Not bad. Um, I actually... You know, Three or three of them were easy, I think. Giroud and Werner were not necessarily easy. So I'll give you the order. Um, and I'll let you guess the other two here. So number one, tied for first. But I'll give Olivier Giroud number one because he's played like almost like, like half the minutes, basically. Um, he's got six goals in 230 minutes played. Marcus oh. Rashford is tied at the top with six goals. Bruno and Mo Salah both have four. Timo Werner has three. There are two other guys that have four as well. And it's one Liverpool player and one City player. But diff- God, more, difficult guesses. Gonna be... more difficult guesses, I obviously. Kn- yeah, I knew there was going to be one from City. Phil Foden? No. Um, 
Someone that hasn't played Bernard, all that much. Bernard, in the, Bernardo Silva? Nope. He hasn't played a ton in the Prem this year. He's played a little bit here and there. But Oh, Ferran Torres. Yep, Ferran Torres has four. And then the other one is a Shit. Liverpool player who actually played a good amount but has had some injury issues. Um. Oh, Diogo Yota. Yep. Yeah, so those are the seven guys that have three or more goals. Um, I know you mentioned Sadio Mane. He has two. Martial has two. Jesus has two. So those guys are all um, not oh, too far yeah, off. Yeah, in, in the hunt. But, yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, on top of that, we also have Aguero with two, hudson Adoy with two, and Ilkay Gundogan with two. Um, but, yeah, I've been, you know, obviously the Champions League has been heating up here. Uh, it's been pretty interesting. And, you know, Chelsea are definitely a team that I think Thomas Tuchel even went out and said that, like, Obviously, they're not going to challenge for the Premier League title. They want to go top four, but uh, his goal is to challenge for their Champions League here. And uh, City are definitely a favorite at this point. So we'll see what happens. Um, all I know is I've won a lot of money on Champions League the last two days gambling. So it's been pretty fun. Yeah, it's going to be what? It's going to be Juve and Bar- Barcelona getting out of their group. Um, Manchester United might not get out of their group. Wait, right? what are you talking about? We're in the knockout stages here. Sorry, knockout stages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. We have yeah, so um, basically... Give me, give me the rundown. Give me the Barca, rundown. Barca's in major trouble. Um, they got absolutely whacked last week, so they're in a lot of trouble. Um, they lost 4-1 in their first leg to PSG. We got yeah, Liverpool, okay, I see. Liverpool up 2-0 against Leipzig. Um, we've got Chelsea beat Atletico 1-0 today. City beat Borussia Mönchengladbach 2-0 today. Those are, those are the only... Um, there's three English teams left. And then outside of that, I think Bayern's probably the favorite. They beat Lazio 4-1 yesterday. Um, Juve actually lost to Porto 2-1. So there's, it's going to be interesting. I think PSG and Bayern are probably the two uh, non-English favorites at this point. But I think Man City right. is probably... Man City and Bayern, I'd and say, don't, are the, yeah, the top and of the pack. Real Madrid, Real Madrid, of course, is out you know, in the mix of things, of course. They barely won today against 10 men at Atalanta. But you, know, you never want to count them out in something like this for sure. I don't and honestly, like a sick team. Barcelona, we've seen them come back from worse. They lost 4-1 in the first leg, but... Yeah, they're fucked. They're fucked. Yeah. Well, actually, no, actually, no, I'm thinking... Maybe they have come back, but I was thinking more about Liverpool coming back against Barca down 4-0. Right. Who knows? I mean, the Champions League is absolute madness. You get some crazy results sometimes, so it, it's good, but it's been entertaining, and I think uh, it'll be really cool if, you know, uh, City, Chelsea, and Liverpool all won their away legs, or, you know, they were all... Regardless, they they're all up. So if they uh, if they're able to all advance, that'll make things interesting for the prem. So yeah, you'll have what three out of the last eight, eight. teams. Yeah, exactly. English. Yeah, love so, that. Yeah, we'll keep um, an eye on it. But, yeah, which speaking of English teams, let's let's wrap up here with the predictor app per usual. Um, like I said earlier, the predictor app code is MDEQL8 uh, to get in the league. I've gotten a few texts from people being like, "What's the predictor app league?" And they're already in the league. So you know, MDEQL8 or just you know, fucking re-download the app. Um, but we'll kick it off with Saturday, uh, 12.30 kickoff, so just after noon. You've got Leeds versus Aston Villa. Chris, who you got? Um, I'm going to go Villa 2-0. It's been interesting. I have watched a ton of both of these teams, obviously Villa, but I've watched a ton of Leeds too. Um, Leeds have been looking good. Rafinha has been uh, – people are talking about now is like maybe the signing of the season. Um, yeah. But they've been a little bit leaky, obviously, and every once in a while, um, they, they just don't hit with their their system and their tactics. I don't know. I think Villa are due 
uh, for a big win. This would be a big one, I think, if they're, they're able to pull it out away. So I'm going 2-0 Villa. Um, they're only one point up on Leeds right now on the table. Two games in hand, though, but still. They're, they're right, ne- right like next to each other in the, the shake of things here, so it'll be interesting. The last time the when I watched Leeds uh, versus Villa in the first fixture, the reverse fixture uh, earlier this season, um, Villa got absolutely battered by Leeds. Um, Pat, Patty Bamford, hat trick, um, and it was hard to watch. And so I hate to say it because you know I'm the king of the homer picks on the pod, but looking at this matchup, I'm, th- I'm just thinking about the last time these two teams played. And it was ugly, man. It was ugly. I was on the, we were on the back foot the entire game, which didn't feel good. Um, so I'm, I'm, I, I do think it, uh, Bielsa team matches up really well against Dean Smith. So I'm going to say leads to one. Unfortunately, I think uh, sound the alarms. I think that might be the first time you've ever picked against Villa in the predictor app. Um, also, side note, but I ordered an Ali Watkins kit that I'm hoping is coming Ooh. before that game on Saturday. So we'll see. That's big. Yes. Yeah, so, okay, well, if, I, if it does get there if it, yeah, if it does get there before on Saturday, that might change my pick. I wanted the Grealish one, but like literally everyone in our friend group has the Grealish one, so I was like, I'm going to go Ali. We'll see how it looks. But Yeah, I love that. I love that pick. Yeah. Next right. game, we got uh, Spurs versus Burnley. Yeah, so Sunday 9 a.m. Sunday. Um, I'm going 1-1. Burnley, have, they're, they're a little frisky. Um, <laughs> they're kind of, kind of a frisky team. I don't know. I still don't think that they're great. I definitely don't see them going down. They're just perpetually going to be finishing like 14th through 16th for the next five years, probably. Um, but Spurs, obviously, not a lot of momentum right now. And I definitely think that Burnley will get a goal, even though they don't offer a whole lot going forward. I'm going to go 1-1. I don't know. I don't feel as confident in this pick overall. Um, but we'll see what happens. I, I think that this one feels like a draw to me just because I can't really pick out either side. <laughs> um, so I'm actually going to go Spurs 1, Burnley nil. So um, I listen, I've been saying for a long time I think Burnley are safe and they're good and they're fine. I I think against the top half of the table teams, they just, I mean, they just don't look good. And I don't think it'll take much for Spurs to, you know, get a penalty or get a goal. And then after that, I don't think Burnley are going to score. So I think it'll be 1-0. All right. Um, after that one, we've got the marquee matchup of the week. We've got Chelsea at for home sure. to United Sunday, 1130. This could be very telling for how the rest of the season shakes out of the non-Man City teams. Uh, you can go first here, Jack. Yeah, I picked Chelsea 1-0 win. Um, you know, a lot of a lot has been made of the defensive record of Tuchel's side lately. And, I, I, I yeah, I mean, I'm kind of sipping the Kool-Aid early on. They they pass the ball really well, keep it when they're in possession. Um, and, um, you know, I, I think they're going to win 1-0. I don't think they'll concede, and I think they'll nick a goal, maybe Pulisic super sub or something like that because, he's you know, he's been, he hasn't been great since Tuchel's come in. Um, but... One nil, Chelsea. I, I just did something I don't know if I've ever done. I just made a panic change. That was uh, fucking insane. That's why staring I at the live, the live outline midway here. Midway through my pick. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the the beauty but, of Google Docs, even though we're not in the same room here. Um, I had Chelsea two one, but I'm gonna go one one just because I don't know if Chelsea can muster two goals yet. They've been wow. they've been really good. So defensively. I'm 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 literally chatting through my pick, and you bump your no down. no. It was, I wasn't even listening winner. to you. I, I, I this is a little uh, insider scoop for anyone that has a podcast. I don't think anyone ever listens to the other person. Like I'm just like thinking about what I'm gonna say next. I'm like, all right, when's Jack gonna stop talking so I can start talking? Um, and so I'm going one one, uh, just because I think that. I think both these teams are 
I think these are probably the second and third best teams in the Premier League this season. And Chelsea have been really good defensively lately. But United have Bruno. They're playing away. Bruno and Rashford, I think, will create for something. Luke Shaw also, shout out to him. He's been really, really good lately, uh, creating chances. And I think Chelsea are going to outplay United, but I don't think that they're going to be capable of getting multiple goals in this one. So I'm going to go 1-1. And I, now I have three 1-1 picks, which I realize is just impossible, but it's too late. I've already done it. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, next game, Blades versus Liverpool. Sunday, 2-15. I'm going to go one t- uh, 2-1 Liverpool beating Blades. Um, Chris Wilder's kind of admitted Blades are down. They definitely are. It's it's a shame. I, I like that that club a lot. Um, Liverpool have been really rough though. I don't think this is going to be a super clean game for them. I think they'll get three points, but I think it's going to be a little bit uglier than what we're used to seeing with them um, when they're at their best. But I, I still I'm going to count on them to get three points out of this one. Yep, I'm going to say two nil Liverpool. Don't need to say much more. Fair enough. Last one Monday 3 p.m. Everton at home to Southampton. Is Ralph Huzenhuddle finally going to turn this ship around, Jack? Uh, so I think Everton does this weird thing where they play really well and then don't show up, right? So, like, they beat Liverpool at home um, and then don't show up. And I think they're going to do that. I, think, I don't think they're going to show up, and I think Southampton is desperate, desperate to set this right. And so I have to go South Saints to Everton nil. Yeah, I mean, I already telegraphed my pick. This is my other 1-1 match, so I don't know. I, I don't think there's much between these two sides. I think Southampton are a lot better than they've been the last month and a half, but not as good as they were before that. Um, and Everton, you know, it's, it's kind of a similar story. They got off to the gates really, really hot uh, at the gates this season, and, and then they've fallen off a bit. But um, Everton, you know, they've had some injuries here with uh, Calvert-Lewin getting banged up. Luca Digne was out for a little bit. Um, he's been back playing really well. Um, I think that this one's going to be 1-1 just because I, I agree with you that Southampton is desperate. They're going to be fighting for a point here. But I think Everton's better than them um, in terms of talent, and I do uh, kind of buy into to their side this year. I think that they're not a European team yet, but they're a top-half team still, and, and they're pushing towards that. So I don't think they're going to give away all three here. I'm going to go 1-1 yet again. So I'm, I guess I'm just crossing my fingers for draws this weekend. A lot of draws. Uh, as usual, guys, give us a follow on Twitter. Just goes to show, or sorry, ghost at goes to show pod is our Twitter handle. Um, and the predictor app, like I said, M-D-E-Q-L-A, jump in the league, get those picks in. Chris and I are going to win some money this <laughs> week, maybe. Maybe. Um, but that's all I got. Chris, you got anything else? Uh, no. No, yeah. I, like I said, um, I know Jack mentioned it earlier. If anyone's got any uh, counter-arguments to our Fantasy Premier League thing, I know we've got a lot of friends, a lot of uh, followers that play it. Please bring it up to us. I'd love to, to discuss with the fans a little bit here. But, no, I mean, I, I appreciate everyone listening. If you made it this far, thank you. And uh, hopefully we'll be back next week with some more. But um, have a great weekend watching some Prem. And that's all I got. Yeah, just go show, guys. Everybody's human. Thanks. <laughs>